month, we're going to be uh, just speaking through the Psalms. Not all the Psalms, because there's a lot, and that would take like uh, half the year or a quarter of the year, maybe. And um, uh, actually, it would take more than a year, because there's, <laughs> it would take three years. It would take three, unless we did one every single day. Then it would take a quarter of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, well, I'm going to be in Psalm 142. And uh, really, in the whole uh, book of Psalms, there's three part. There's three summaries that I want you to take away with. The first one is composed of 150 Hebrew poems. 73 of them were written by David. David uh, was a king in uh, Israel, and uh, he is a very important figure in the Bible. Um, the second thing is scholars say the psalm is broken in five sections with an introduction and an ending. The ending is five chapters which end in praise to our God. So it's this, this big book of um, five chapters, and it's just broken up with David and other um, people who wrote psalms just crying out to God, but then the end ends in praising the Lord. The last is lament and praise are main expressions in psalms. Lament is an appropriate response to the evil that we see in the world, while praise expresses joy and celebration to the goodness of God. So, um, I don't know about you, but I have felt highs and lows in my life. I have felt uh, times of anguish and lament, and I've also been embarrassed. Have you ever been embarrassed before? I don't, I don't, yeah, once or twice. Um, I remember uh, one time where I was embarrassed was um, the family uh, decided to go to Ikea. I don't know if there's any Ikea lovers. This is, I'm not going to bash Ikea. I just hate it. So um, it is the worst place. I think when uh, Sam and I just got married, I liked it because it was like, it was us and there were some meatballs and we just kind of strolled through the store and we were like, oh, this is some cool stuff. It looks cool. It's set up nice. But then once we got kids, that's where I learned Ikea was from the devil. Because <laughs> they just want to touch everything. They want to run. And if, if you have kids, you understand um, our, that pain of that. And so um, I think at this, this time, it was just Sam, myself, and Avery. So Ellie wasn't born yet. I think maybe uh, you were pregnant with Ellie at this time. And so we were strolling through Ikea, and we got to the part where... Um, it was like the warehouse, so we, we walked past everything, and Avery was just done, right? She was just done, and you know when you reach a breaking point of kids because they just start whining and being fussy, and all of a sudden, she just started crying and had a major breakdown in the middle of Ikea, and she's just crying and screaming, and, and Avery, if you know her kids, they don't do that, and so I'm just watching her cry in the middle of the store, and I was like, I have a couple of options. I could hug her and try to console her and help her out, or I could walk away <laughs> and pretend she's not my kid and let Sam deal with it. <laughs> so what I did was the second one. <laughs> I literally saw her crying and having a meltdown, and I'm like, yeah, she's not my kid. <laughs> and I walked away, and I pretended that she wasn't my kid, and I had my pregnant wife deal with this meltdown in the middle of the, middle of the store. And one... Um, if 
whenever you guys, if you guys don't have kids, don't ever do that <laughs> because that was a horrible mistake from my part of leaving my pregnant wife then to um, deal with a meltdown of a child. But secondly, I, the reason why I did that was because I was extremely embarrassed. I'm like, my kid should not be doing this. She knows better. And I just want to escape from this this embarrassment that I'm dealing with in this moment. And so we've all faced those times of embarrassment, disappointment, or maybe unmet expectations. I don't know if, if you've maybe seen a movie or, you know, when you went to Disneyland and you're like, oh, it wasn't that great, you know? Um, which, I, I mean, I think Disneyland's pretty awesome. So if you don't, then just don't, never talk to me. So, um, um, but we've definitely felt those times in our life where it's like, oh, man, I, I thought it would be something different. Or, man, I thought I would be further along than where I'm at right now, you know? Or, oh, like, I thought I would have found my spouse by now, you know? Or I, I thought I would have been in a house. You know, there's different expectations that we set on ourselves, right? God's not like, you better be married at this date, you know, because that would be a lot of pressure, and that would be that, that would be too much for us to kind of wander through life. If God had this magnifying glass and was like, "You better be doing this," you know, I feel like God has given us the freedom and the expression to kind of, if we're following Him and faithful to Him, to kind of go through life, and He's given us that freedom to do so. You know, so a lot of those un- unmet expectations are placed in ourselves, you know. And so this psalm uh, that Randy read, it's very depressing. You know, it, it ends good, but it starts where David is in this point in his life where he is just sad. He thought that he'd be further along. In some context to Psalm 142 is David so was on the run from King Saul. So if you don't know, king, uh, Saul was the king, and David was anointed to be king while Saul was king which is really awkward, right? It's like, hey, you're going to be king, but this guy is the king right now, but one day you're going to be the king. And you'd be like, wait, this, like, that'd be extremely weird. It'd be like if um, someone was told that they're going to be president of the United States, but the sitting president was still there. And it's like that, there's that awkward transition of when is this going to happen? And on top of that, Saul was very angry that that was happening as well, is that people are choosing to follow David and not me. And so Saul was very jealous and angry at David. So uh, David was on the run from his life from King Saul. And so this was a very low moment of David's life. And the reason that is, is because if you go back to 1 Samuel 16, that's when David was anointed to be king, right? So the, the prophet came to the family and said that this, this family is going to be the next king. And he, they lined up all his brothers. He's like, nope, not him, not him, not him. And he went to David He's like, this is the next king. And I don't know about you, but if you were chosen to be the next king, the last thing that you would expect was to be on the run from this crazy person in a cave, sad because you're kind of running from your life. You know, so we've all been in those moments where it's like, man, I'm not where I thought I would be. I thought I would be doing something else. And that's what David was feeling. Man, I thought I'd be sitting on the throne. I thought I'd be chilling and having all this money and all this, these riches. And now I'm in this miserable, dark cave. And I'm the furthest point in my life than I thought I would be at this moment. And so really, I, w- I want you to think of that moment in your life. 
just kind of think and think, man, when, ha- when have I felt like that? Or maybe you're feeling that way right now, where it's, man, I, I wish I was somewhere else. That's what David was feeling in this moment. I wish I was somewhere else. I wish I was in this different position, but I'm stuck here in this cave on the run from King Saul. So when we start in 142 verses 1 through 2, it says, With my voice, I cry out to the Lord. With my voice, I plead for mercy to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before him. I tell my trouble before him. David in this cave is not where he expected or where he wanted to be, which is pretty crazy. Like, so David wrote the Psalms, right? It's kind of like his expression of what he was feeling in the moment when you read them. It's like he was sad here. He was happy here. He was filled of joy here. And I don't like that would be crazy to have like that diary of life written down in one day it'd be inspired by the word of God. <laughs> so like, I don't know if any of you journal, but it's like, man, like th- this expression that I'm feeling this, the highs and lows of life was chosen to be inspired by God because I feel like God saw this as a raw moment of emotions that we all feel. And so one thing I want you to take away is it's okay to have those emotions and those feelings of maybe depression and, and, and anxiety of like, man, I, I, I'm sad, I, I'm, I'm angry, or I'm, I'm filled with joy and I'm happy in this moment of life. Those aren't horrible things to be feeling. that They're given by God. And so I don't know if any of you have ever felt like you shouldn't express that emotion. You need to stay face and you need to be strong. But David is the perfect example where he expressed his weaknesses. He showed his lowest points of life, and we don't need to hide that. You know, if you're in a good community, it's a good thing to to share that and to tell others, man, I'm just down. I'm not feeling it today. And I'm saying this to you right now, but that is really hard for myself, you know, to, to open myself up and be like, hey, come and see you know, that, something that I'm ashamed of or I'm embarrassed by and, 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 and see that. that. That's very hard for myself. But David is this perfect representation of what that looks like. Hey, this is what I'm feeling and God still loves me. He is good and he has a plan for my life. That didn't take away the moment of him still being a king. You know, this was before he was a king. That still was coming. This was more than David's appeal for help. It was also his declaration of allegiance to God. David knew about the other gods that were worshiped by others, but he was determined that he would never cry out to them. So in this moment where David was down, he was sad. He's like, ah, I'm not where I want to be. I'm in this cave. He still chose to worship, follow, and love our God. He, he didn't choose to be like, you know, it's not working out. I'm going to follow these other gods. I'm going to go this other path. I'm going to do my own thing. He knew that his allegiance alone was our God. And that is um, not common to see in our world today. You know, because, I mean, if something goes wrong, it's easy to be like, oh, tried that out. You know, did that thing. Now I'm going to try the next thing. But David showed what it looks like to be allegiant to God and to stick through hard times, even though it doesn't make sense. Even though it's hard to stay there and to follow this guy, it doesn't make sense to others either. He chose to follow our God. 
When I'm at my lowest, I don't always show my allegiance to God. I often tend to look for help in other places and understanding. You know, I'll, 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 if, I, if I'm feeling down, I tend to even forget to pray. I tend to, to cry out to God and be like, God, can you help me? What I do is, okay, how can I get myself out of this situation? How can I work really hard to get out of this? And I, that's not a bad thing. So I'm not saying like work really hard. I'm, I'm saying the first thing that you should do is ask God for help. God, I, I need you. God, I don't know what to do in this moment. I don't know what path to take, but I'm gonna trust in you that you'll reveal that to me. That's, that's a scary place to be, kind of like David in this cave. He, he's in this scary moment of his life because he's like, I know that God has a plan and purpose for me, but I don't know how I'm gonna get there. I feel stuck, and the only thing I'm gonna do, God, is trust you. It would have been easy in that moment where he's like, you know, boys, Let's go and kill King Saul. You know, let's go to work, boys. But um, he didn't. He chose to honor and trust our God and be like, man, this doesn't make sense to me, but I'm going to cry out to God. I'm going to cry out and show my allegiance to God. Spurgeon has this quote. He says uh, in this, this, uh, on this verse, it says, Caves make good closets for prayer. Their gloom and solitude are helpful to exercise of devotion. Had David prayed as much as he in this as in the palace as he did in the cave, he might never have fallen into the act which brought such misery upon his days. So that's a pretty powerful quote. But it's also kind of like, like, rah, 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 you know, it's like, oh, Spurgeon, you should have been more joyful. Um, so it's true, though. It's, and I don't know, like, um, like, I'll tell the kids that, like, they'll fall, and they'll be like, well, you shouldn't have tripped, you know? <laughs> it's like, you shouldn't, you should have been not clumsy, you know? Um, and, and it's true, and I think there, what this quote should tell us is, yes, there are times when I should be crying out to God before the bad thing happens. That is true. But I don't think this should be used to, like, weaponize towards others, um, and to maybe one up another person. It's like, well, you should have been doing this, and that's why you're in this situation, you know? That's the last thing that someone wants to hear is if they're in a hard time, to be like, oh, well, you're in this hard time because you did X, Y, and Z. I'd be like, yeah, I know that, you jerk. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I know why I'm here. It's my fault. Can you just be a friend? And um, I am not... Um, innocent in that regard. I tend to do that all the time, especially to my poor wife. You know, I'll be like, uh, maybe something will happen, and I'll be like, well, Sam, that happened because you did this. You know, uh, I mean, and then she's like, I know, like, of course, I know why that happened now. Um, it does, that's not helpful. And so, I, what I want to say about that with Spurgeon's quote is yes, I think it's good for us to plan and be like, I, we need to spend time with the Lord and maybe some of that won't happen, but let's not weaponize that and use that as like a one-up towards others. Let's be friends and let's just love on each other, even though maybe like we, we know why they're in that situation. And um, I don't think David's friends were doing that. It's like, well, David, you're in this cave because of this. You know? It's like, no, they were friends with him. They, they were there in the good times and the bad times, in the caves and in the palace. 
142, verse 3 through 4, it says, When my spirit faints within me, you know my way. In the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see there is none who takes notice of me. No refuge remains to me. No one cares for my soul. That is like super sad. <laughs> it's like, no one cares for me. Um, but we've all been there, right? Like you're in a situation where it's like, I feel like I'm unseen. I feel like no one cares about my problems. I feel like I'm alone. And that's what David felt. He, he was going through this hard time. Someone's trying to kill him. And then there's this unmet expectation that's also happening in his life. And he's like, no one cares for me. No one sees my problems. If you also read where Kate, uh, David was at in this cave, people were going to David in the cave asking for further help. It's like, hey, David, I know you're, I know you're um, kind of depressed. You're going through a hard time. But can you help me with this thing that I'm going through? Or, hey, I need guidance in this moment. And when, when you're going through life and you feel like no one cares or sees my problems, but they, people are always going to me, to me for their problems. I don't, have you ever felt that? It's like, I feel like I'm always helping others, but no one's helping me. No one sees me in my need. No one sees me in my trouble. Like, I'm there for all my friends, but where are my friends when I need help? And so this 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 verse these two verses right here i think it's a it's a, a picture in david's soul where he's just like no one is there for me i'm all alone i need help and he is bringing this complaint up to our god and you might feel that way where you're like man i i'm always helping others out no one's helping me but i think what what this verse is telling us is god sees that God is in there, sitting there with your pain and sees your struggle. And that might not bring comfort in that moment, but I do feel like you can think, man, I'm, I feel like I'm alone, but I'm not alone because God is there to help me and guide me and to lead me through this. And that's not easy. I'm not, I'm not like just saying, you know what? Like no one's there for you, but God is. No, that, that, that's a hard moment in your life to go through. But there is maybe a little comfort in that. Be like, ah, I'm alone, but God's there with me. In verse 5, it says, I cry to you. So th this part right here is kind of a switch. He, he complains to God. He's like, I'm alone. I, I need help. No one's there for me. But then it switches right here. It says, but in my alone, in my time of need, in my struggle, I cry to you, O Lord, I say. You are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. David found his place of refuge not in a place or in a particular circumstance, but in the Lord himself. That, that God was with him in that moment of struggle. Um, uh, Sam and I just bought a house recent, or not recently now, it's been a couple months, but it feels like recently, like our AC broke yesterday and I'm like, ah, like, but it's all fixed now. So if anyone's coming to our house later today, it's fixed. It'll be cool. Um, okay. Um, uh, but before we bought the house, there, there was this moment in our life that we were like, man, what do we do? 
do we stay in Kansas City? Do we move somewhere else and 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 get like a new community? Like th- there was this this big question of what is next, and it was hard. Like it was hard because it's like we're in this moment where we're like, we don't know if it's here, we don't know if it's somewhere else. What do we do, God? And I felt like I felt like God wasn't really answering that. I'm like. God, can you clearly tell me what I need to do next? Because what I'm really good at is making a path for myself. And before this moment of just trusting in God, that's what I would do. If I ever felt this moment of, oh, like, I need to get out of here, or I, I want to move somewhere else, I would just apply to a new job, right? I, I would not stick through the hard times of maybe the struggle that was happening at work or the struggle of what was happening in my soul. And I would remove myself from that situation. And it would be like a band-aid where it's like, you know what? I'm removing myself from this struggle and I'm going to form new friends and I'm going to form a new place of employment. And it put a band-aid on everything because it covered up what was happening in my soul. It covered up maybe the, the, the lack of de- dependency I had on God of dealing with trauma that's happened in my life, dealing with uh, sin that I kind of just put aside and be like, ah, oh, but I'm, I'm a Christian. I love God. I shouldn't be dealing with that sin. But you know what? It's because of my, that my boss is the issue. He's the problem. I'm not the problem. He is. He's a bad boss. And I would use those times and situations in my life to not deal with things that were things that I should have given to the Lord. And that is what this cave moment was for David, is, hey, take this struggle, this, this, um, this hard time that you're going through, and let that be a moment where you let God begin to fix things in your life. Fix maybe some sin, fix some, um, some past trauma and hurt that maybe other people caused you. And be like, man, I can't deal with this trauma, this pain, this situation on my own. I need you, God, to deal with it. I need you to fix it, Lord. I need you, God. I cry out to you. You are my refuge, not where I work, not the city that I live with, live in, not my own strength, but you, God. We tend to make other things refuges in our life, except for God, a job, security, money. Money is a good one. It's like, man, when we're good, when, when financially we're good, we're, I'm happy. You know, I got a bonus. Yes. Thank you, God. But then when it's like, oh, another, like the AC broke, I have to pay $345. But then I'm like, oh, it could have been worse. You know? Um, but when we go through hard times, that's when we choose to not trust God. Once the good times, the, the bonus that came in, then it's easy to trust God. It's easy to have him be our refuge. It's hard in the, the trouble, the, the trying times. In 42, 142, 6 through 7, it says, Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison, that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountiful with me. 
David once again brought his cry to the Lord. Honestly confessing his low circumstances, David didn't feel a need to pretend that everything was fine or that he wasn't weak. He could come to God for help even when brought very low by persecutors who were stronger than him. Um, man, it's, it's hard to confess that you're dealing with a struggle. It's hard to confess that you need help. Um, if, if, if you know your family situations, like to bring like up to, it's like, man, you need help, you know? Um, or man, my family's jacked up and this is why that's hard to deal with. And that's why so many people don't deal with it. They'd rather put a bandaid on and move on with the situation or sweep it under the rug and act like everything's fine. I am the perfect person to act like everything is fine. You know, I just put a smile on my face. I throw some jokes out there, <laughs> um, some sarcasm, and I'm like, oh, every, no one can see what I'm dealing with in here. You know, no one can see the pain that maybe is going on in my life. And I think this psalm really is telling me, open up. Open up to the Lord. Open up to community open up to uh, the spouse, the, the relationship that you're in, you know, open up. Don't try to lean on your own strength and deal with it on your own. And, and also, like, if you have kids, I think opening up to them, you know. For me, I, I always feel like, man, I need to show that I'm strong, that I'm a, I'm a good dad, that I'm, I'm a I, I'm, I, you know, I don't deal with certain trou- troubles, but opening up to them, it's like, hey, I'm, I'm sorry that maybe I snapped at you, or I'm sorry that I um, was a little too stern here. You know, being willing to show maybe even others that uh, I was wrong in that situation is a really good place to open up and show that you're vulnerable in what you're dealing with. The story of David isn't one that celebrates only mountaintops. It's the one that shows practical struggles and God still being faithful to us. If you look at David's life and, and examine all that he went through, he was on the run from Saul, he became king, and then his kids wanted to kill him. <laughs> it's a story of, man, hard times, but I feel like it's purposely put in the Bible to show that's what life is. Hopefully your kids don't try to kill you, but they might, you know? <laughs> That'd be horrible. But it's like, oh, David went through this. But no, hopefully that does not happen. Um, but I feel like it shows what real life looks like. It's not this beautiful picture of being perfect. It's this picture of struggle and good times. It's a, it's a picture of, um, you know, opening up and being vulnerable to those around you, that, 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 that your community is there for you. Um, Jesus ended up coming from David's line. And that's the crazy thing about this is David was this very flawed king. He, he wasn't the perfect king. He, he didn't do everything right. He actually did some very jacked up things. Um, but Jesus chose to come from the line of David. 
If you look at um, the New Testament, there's this, that boring part where it's like this person begot this person, this person begot this person. And it's like, God, why did you put this in the Bible? <laughs> um, it, it's purposeful because um, uh, the, uh, the Jewish um, uh, uh, people, that's a very poor way to put it, but um, they wanted to show that Jesus came from the line of David because in the scriptures it showed that the Messiah would come from David. And what I love about that is you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be, you know, this perfect Christian, this, this man. This is what it means to be a Christian in, you know, 2022. You have to be like this. You have to act like this. No, you can be flawed. You can have issues. You can have struggles, but God can still use you. And that's the story of David is he sinned. He messed up. But at the end of the day, he still chose to worship our God in those flaws, in those situations that were beyond him. And so the spiritual practice that I want you guys to walk away with is take times, moments in your week, in your day, to lament and praise. You know, I, I, what I don't want you to do is just sweep under the struggle that you're dealing with. Man, just sit in that struggle and be like, this is not good. This, I don't like this. I don't like this feeling. I don't like where I'm at, but God, I give it to you. God, I trust you. God, I, I don't know what to do in this moment. I give it to you. Or maybe it's the circumstances that ha- is happening in this world. So like, I feel like after like 2020, our world just went crazy, you know? Like I look back and man, man, 2019 was a good year, you know? I, that was like, that was like a solid year. Yeah, it was good times. But then after that, it's like one thing after the next, one controversy after the next controversy. Give those times of maybe even disagreement to, of fellow believers to the Lord, be like, man, I, don't, I, I disagree with your opinion on this, but I give it to God, and, and I still love you. You're st- like, I, I still want to be in community with you, but I give it to the Lord because I, I, I need to sit in this moment, in this pain, in this anguish that I'm feeling, and I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God. And then praise. Thank God. Just don't, like, you all know that person who's just constantly like, rah, 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 you know? That's like the perfect uh, sound effect for it. It's like, man, yeah, like sit in those moments, but also be thankful and, and, and praise our God. Give times to the Lord and be like, man, thank you for this. Thank you for my, my, my beautiful family. Thank you for the job that I have. Thank you, God, for the, the, the situation that came out good from this bad time. God, I thank you. I praise you. I, I give thanks for this moment. So it's okay to do both. Lament, be sad, have anguish over a certain circumstances that happen, but also give thanks to the Lord. Thank God for what he has brought you out of. And so what I tend to do um, is I, I like to drive to work in silence. Zeke, um, our son, hates that. <laughs> He's like, put cool music on. And I'm like, I just like the silence because I feel like, that's where I could process my emotions. That's where I could maybe hear the voice of God and I could lament him like, God, like help me through this. God, thank you for this. 
And that's what I do. I, I sit in the silence of my car to maybe the office. Or I, when I'm mowing the yard, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll think of the things that God has given me that I don't deserve. And those are the times that I process lamenting and praising our God. That God, I hate this moment that I'm going through, but you are good. You are my refuge in the good and the bad. I give you this, the, the hard times and I thank you for the good that you have given me. So wherever that looks like in your week, take those moments. If it's in the car, if it's on a run, if it's um, at work where you're just like spacing out and you're like, man, I just, I just need a break away from this moment. And I need to, to, to thank our God. If you can bow your heads. Lord, thank you for being good to us. Thank you for loving us, even though we constantly mess up and we're not perfect. Thank you for being with us in our struggle and our pain. Thank you for the good things that you have brought in our lives, our family, the relationships, this community. God, you are so good to us. Help us to remember to go to you always in the good and the bad. Thank you, God. listening to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast. To find out more or to join a church gathering, check out our website at midtownkc.church.